When I started V, again, I don't know why I was personally like this, but I just picked random goals. I wrote them down too. I'd like this many gyms in one year, this many gyms in three years, this many gyms in five years, and this many gyms in 10 years. All right, so I think like what would be really cool to kind of talk about today, business in uh, general is hard, but like doing it over and over and over and over again, like I'm just amazed at like, opening another gym and then like <laughs> texting you in the process and seeing you grind through it and then showing up on the day and just seeing people like popping champagne bottles, <laughs> dancing, there's kids, there's like the, the like chandeliers and the white, mm -hmm. like it just looked so dope, you know? Thank you. Um, so obviously there's a lot of work that goes into it and everything and, and we can kind of pick pieces apart, but sure. like the thing that fascinates me the most is that you're a mother of Two, three, three. Okay, I was Don't gonna say two or three. Mm -hmm. okay. He's three. Do you have any animals outside? You have horse. horses. Okay, no dogs. Nothing like inside. That. Okay. Easier. Yeah, I don't know if a horse is easier than. <laughs> I mean, I have a bulldog. Yeah. It does yeah. nothing. It's sleep. <laughs> I it's know. But they're in the house, you know. Touche. Um, happily married. You run a very very busy business, mm -hmm. and you're you're very integrated in that business. Um. But it doesn't like take away from other areas of your life from what I can see, you know, and I think and it's clear that you prioritize that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is the coolest thing. And I also think it's the coolest thing that you've done it. So um, I want to say old school just because nowadays people really think you have to. And this is coming from somebody who built theirs online. Mm -hmm. People think you, the only way to grow a business is through social media and stuff. And right. it's just not the case. So when I see people like you, I love it 10 times more. And I think it's so cool. Um, and I learn a lot because it's a completely different way of doing things than what I've done. Right. And you've done it really well. Um, so I want to kind of pick all this apart. So you, for people listening, let's just do like a quick recap just in case they didn't listen sure. to the last episode. Um, who is Amber in a nutshell? Okay. Yeah. So my name's Amber, local girl from South Sound area in Washington state, almost my whole life. Um, grew up as like a military kid, uh, really simple childhood. Uh, I went to UW on an athletic scholarship where I sprinted there for a few years. I ended up stopping after my junior year just because I wanted to pursue some other things. And there's a lot of NCA rules. I wanted to get into modeling and sports modeling and whatnot. And you can't make money while being mm. a student athlete. I think that's changed, actually. I was going to say, I think they changed that. Pretty recently. I did not get that benefit. And so I kind of started going that direction and got really into marketing as in I got to observe it from some of the best companies in the world. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I got my, you know, after college, I got my training certs and I started delving into that, right? Like I got an Olympic lifting coach. I did TRX, you know, you just start really finding all the different forms of exercise right. out there and seeing what you really love at that stage because you really don't know. You're just like trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so I eventually fell in love with group fitness, especially focused on women. So I started like my own girls boot camps and, you know, really just started experimenting in that area. And then I finally just decided I want to do my own space like so many of us do. And so we kind of moved home and that's when I started V Athletics. And everyone always thinks it's VI because it's VIE, <laughs> but it's V Athletics. Yeah. And uh, it's been a blessing. I've been there now seven years leading it. And within that time, we've expanded to seven gyms plus a, a smaller V home platform. And um, that's a nutshell. It's crazy. <laughs> so six in Washington, one in Arizona? Or? Correct. Okay, so seven total. And that includes the one you just opened in UP. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's the new baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you said military. I actually didn't know that. Did you live on base when you were a kid? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? McCord. Okay. Yeah. Has so it always been McCord or was it? So there's Fort Lewis, it's McCord, and yeah, from I mean, from okay. my, my life. So. Okay. But McCord is pretty close to Fort Lewis, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like, I think I've been there. Uh, actually, I don't know if I've actually been. To, it's I think, been a second. I think McCord's Air Force and I think uh, Fort okay. Lewis is uh, Army. Okay. But I checked that, but I think that's how they separate the two. Okay. I, uh, I actually did like a training thing for the Special Olympics at, and I think it was hosted at Fort Lewis, not McCord, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. been years, so I can remember. But I didn't yeah. know you were a military kid. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, okay. And uh, what does V mean? And for the record, I've yeah. always, I've never said bye. <laughs> no, everyone does. I rarely, sometimes I don't even correct them because I'm, I'm following. Yeah. But uh, V is a French word. It means life. Okay. And so I just wanted something when I was first starting, I was like, what's something that could translate to if I wanted to do retail or if I wanted to expand it past just what's inside our mm-hmm. four walls. I just wanted something that could build. And I just always had a sense that V would do well and not in a cocky way, but in a way that I really believed in it. And I thought there would be others who could benefit from it. Yeah. And so I, I try to pick something that could expand bigger than one space. So life. And it, it's definitely something that's like, uh, not anymore because you guys filled the gap, but I feel like it was missing at the time, right? There was Feel like we beat I mean, a- there wasn't any other women's only like obviously CrossFit did a lot for for women right. empowering women to lift and stuff like sure. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no women's strength training groups mm-hmm. or gyms anywhere, from what I know. Mm-hmm. So women's fitness has been around a very long time, right? Like goodness, we could look it up, and I'm sure it's been around since the 20s or like as in specific spaces for women mm-hmm. to gather and and work out. I'd say what V has done slightly different and I can't speak for every gym in the United States or the world. So I'm sure there's other things like us out there, but from what I know, what I was careful to do was I didn't want it to be overly masculine and I didn't want it to be overly feminine. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is sometimes I felt like, especially in the functional fitness world, a lot of those spaces were like made for men, but then women kind of conformed to it. Mm. And that's where they found that space, or I felt like spaces were, it's kind of rude to say dumbed down, but I felt like weren't women weren't challenged in certain spaces, like everything was pink and really small, and mm-hmm. everything kind of had, you know, um, a choreograph, or, or whether it be, you know, you just didn't lift heavy, it was all very high repetition, that's where you stayed, and was surrounded by all those myths of, you know, lifting weights makes you really bulky and, you know, like it, yeah. that, those kind of spaces I felt like were available to women. So I just wanted something that felt kind of from my background of being an athlete, something very athletic, something very communal, something where people could come in and really experiment and explore with how strong they were, try difficult movement patterns that they might have been intimidated to do in a box gym or some space like that, right? Like you have all these eyeballs on you and you're like, I really don't this maybe you don't have proper proper guidance or just an environment that encourages you to try and so I felt like V I purposely made like the design very all neutral homey colors very comforting mm-hmm. very welcoming I feel like a lot of gyms do bright bold colors classically um maybe there's a reason for that that really works but I just wanted to go a different direction both in design and programming as well as just messaging to women specifically like this is a space where you can get stronger both relationally and physically and not have to hold back. I love it. Yeah. So now that I know you had, I didn't realize you had a little bit of a marketing background. Um, I'm curious if some of this was intentional or if some of it just 
you just kind of trust your gut and it happened. Mm -hmm. But like early on, did you see, like, did you have any hesitation as far as, um, would this work or like, would it, I don't know. Cause like, I think if you're stepping into it and you're like, I'm not going to make it the way of the normal female gym and I'm not going to make it the way of the normal gym mm -hmm. and I'm not going to allow men to be there. Not that you're like, <laughs> get out. But My like, lawyer would be very mad. We're specifically designed for women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, so not men allowed. <laughs> so, but you get what I'm saying, yes, right? And yes, I think yes. that like, it's, it, I mean, obviously it worked. But I think usually people have uh, a hesitation. They're either like leaning into kind of like a risky new idea in a way. Mm -hmm. And they know that it is that, but they have this confidence of like, that's why it's going to work. Mm -hmm. Or you're like, I'm just going to like, I'm just doing what I love and what I feel. And it just happened to start working. Mm -hmm. And then like later on, you're kind of like, oh shit, this is working. Let's keep doing it. <laughs> I think that's there's no right people, answer. By but, the way, yeah. that's probably most people at the last, the last one. But I mean, I didn't create the wheel. I mean, again, women's fitness has been around forever, as has class-based fitness. Mm -hmm. I think that it's just your approach, your personal approach, your personal values, and that's what makes your brand unique. And so that that's really – and then, yeah, it, it did – I never knew – everyone's like, did you know how successful B, V would be, or did you ever, quote, you know, see this coming? Those kind of questions, very valid questions. And in my heart, in my gut, I knew it was needed. And I knew that I had the ambition and drive to push it forward, and especially at a season, and we can talk about this later, but where I didn't have kids, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. have distractions. I didn't have a mortgage. I really could just be all in at that point and really just grind in my 20s. And um, I just felt like, okay, there's a need. I'm willing. I can hustle. Okay, this will work. Yeah. And I'll try not to be too stupid along the way, whether it be, you know, leading people or finances. And honestly, that that's a start. It's a start. How many gyms did you have before you had your first kid? I, so it was kind of a crazy whirlwind, one I probably wouldn't recommend to anyone else. However, I'm glad I did it. Kind of one of those. Mm -hmm. So contradicting myself. But I had one gym, and I had it for one year, and then I got pregnant. But then um, – I had my baby, my first baby, Callie Rose, and then I started gym two when she was two months old, and I started gym three when she was four months old. Wow. So I went three within a two-year span. Wow. Yeah. So what made you open up that quick? That seems super, and I'm, obviously, I, mm -hmm. I'm not, I mean, I mm -hmm. kind of have a brick and mortar, I guess, but I, I do. don't really have a brick and mortar. It's a great mortar. gym, by the way. I just looked at it. It's great. But is it a brick and mortar if nobody comes here? I mean, does that count physical structure, but I wouldn't okay. say your business model is brick and mortar. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so that seems like a fast, like reopen. Mm -hmm. Usually you, uh, I would assume you yeah, open, fill it, it up and then you max out the capacity and then you want to open up. Yeah. Did you really fill up that quick or did you just know that multiple locations would fill up at the same time? I had a very positive response okay. to the community. So our classes were, we were outgrowing our class model at that time, I didn't cap, which we talked about how we appreciate class caps for the integrity of the programming and just right. the training in general is important. Um, in my mid-20s, I was more into pleasing everyone. So I would, for example, you know, if I didn't have a class cap, that means you didn't have to sign up in advance, which means the customer and the member had full access to the facility any class time they wanted mm -hmm. with no having to prepare in advance, no signing up in advance, no claiming a position or a spot, which is great. I mean, if you can do that. However, my classes at that point could blow up to, you know, north of 40 or 50 people per class. 
And when you're working with barbells and weights and doing pretty Mm -hmm. technical movements, that was just not our best training moments. So I'm really glad when we started capping to that 25 maximum, which we don't always hit. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. It just kind of depends on the popularity of the time naturally. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, there is, um, you're going you, uh, <laughs> I just you started just talking about opened up so caps. rapidly oh yeah um there was a positive um response to that movement um and then so I was like oh dang this is like working why couldn't it work in other spaces mm-hmm. I think that at that point when I was pregnant so I was I didn't actually have a child in my arms at that point just in my belly um but I didn't have that like you know demand on mm-hmm. my time so it it kind of all hit me at once I actually started I was working so hard at that point because I wasn't sleeping very much. I had a a C-section and, you know, as you've been through this, you have a wife and a daughter, like those first four months or six months are kind of a blur because you're not sleeping very much. And um, so, yeah, I did open three gyms and had a baby all at once. And that really did kick my butt. And I didn't have the internal processes, the training processes or um, the communication styles that I have now that I did then that really could have been beneficial but I didn't know it and so so I grinded through that and I made it and um, I think that just having a positive attitude and treating people kindly and well got me through that but it was at you know I'm sure I tired people out and including myself Mm -hmm. because I didn't have those in place at that point you mentioned um, you said basically like you wouldn't recommend this but you're glad you did it my story are you glad you did it mainly because of the lessons it taught you for like your future gyms or like what what would make you say that you're glad it went that way because I, I feel like that's a pretty common thing with successful yeah. people are like I would never recommend this but yeah. I'm glad I did it like I would be I would too. be sad if I saw my daughter do it I'd be like right. oh honey that's that's too much you yeah. know like I'd feel bad mm-hmm. um but I also would be fully supporting her yeah. you know if she did that it's like that weird like yeah. this is gonna suck but I'm here with you mm-hmm. it would be like one of those but um yeah no I just I wouldn't recommend it because, I mean, yeah, again, it's hard. I would say that it's part of my story. So without that timing, I wouldn't have, and how I did it, I wouldn't recognize how important having those processes were. So now I know, okay, we will never do that again. Mm -hmm. Glad I had that. Good. Check. Done. Learn that lesson. Mm -hmm. Let's move forward strongly. I just, I don't know. Do people always have this like inherent, I know how to do it. And they have this like manual in their head. I didn't. But I think that there is some guts and instincts that you rely on. Yeah. And you just kind of hope that those are right. And then when you do make errors, because everyone will, that you course correct very quickly. I'd be interested in your thoughts on this because I have actually, it's it's very similar to me. I left the gym and started my online company mm-hmm. with zero clients when my wife got pregnant. Because right. I was like, all right, I Pressure's have nine on. months to make yeah. this shit happen. Yeah. And I did. But then when our daughter was born, I was like, swamped and like mm-hmm. trying to hire an assistant and a new coach and like figuring it out. So complete mm-hmm. blur, um, mm-hmm. for me as well. And I don't like, there's parts I missed because I was so busy and I was so swamped, but then I don't regret it cause I needed to get up and running. And mm-hmm. I learned so much of what not to do. And, right. and like you just said, like things to implement and stuff. But the, the thing I've noticed with conversations like this is that I don't know if there's many successful people who have built something really meaningful who didn't just leap at it and take a risk. Cause I mm. think like you said, does anybody really know? Mm-hmm. Well, no, but the people who come out on top are the people who do it despite not knowing and they mm-hmm. just go for it and oh, then yeah. they learn along the Absolutely way. Cause they're not courage. afraid. 
Yeah, they're not afraid to fail, right? Mm-hmm. I would I, say that's yeah. probably it. I was just asking my twin brother, like, why do you think most people don't start a business? Because he's always, you know, like he talks and he's like, oh, I, I'm thinking about it would be fun to do this one day, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't get past that, like, oh, it'd be fun to do this one day. You know, it's that light conversation, that light talking. I'm like, what what limits you from trying? Mm-hmm. Currently in his life, in his 30s, he's my twin, so he's 33 now. You know, that would be this, the stress and pressure of life, a mortgage, kids. Like, at this point, if you fail, others are going down with you. Yeah. But, like, it's like, just let's face it, that's scary. Mm-hmm. And it might not be appropriate for you to take certain kinds of entrepreneurial risks in that season. Like, maybe you can dabble and see how it goes, one foot in, one foot out. Um, but then there was people like me who I felt like at 25, if I just really went for this and committed – I could recover even if it went up in flames. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't care about the other thing he mentioned that holds people back, which is uh, pride of failing, you know, looking embarrassed, feeling bad. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks I'm a loser. I didn't figure it out. I failed. That's super scary too. So you have a realistic one, which is money. And then you have that emotional one, which is your pride. And I guess I just kind of didn't care if I failed. I like at least tried and I figured I was young enough and I didn't have the kid at that point and a mortgage or anything that if I did fail, I could pull myself out of that hole. So, so what couple questions off that? Cause I know there's, there's definitely a lot of like young trainers and like fitness mm. people listening and just entrepreneurs in general that sure. I think would get value out of this conversation. Um, I know for me, the financial side was obviously a risk, but it right. was like, we bought our first house in my wife's name. She had a great job. So I was like, worst case, I'll be. <laughs> you had a sugar mama. Good yeah, I'll be the dad. No, that's your, your advice for young men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And she's supporting the idea yeah. and we'll make it work. Teamwork, but yeah. the pride thing was actually the harder one for me because my family, when I first tried to get into fitness, were like, don't do that. It's right. not going to work. No one makes and then, money in fitness. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And then I was leaving a gym that. I, I, I can't say that they wanted me to fail, but I know like they didn't want me to leave necessarily and they didn't fully support me leaving and doing my own thing. So it was a very hard thing. Like if I did fail and I had right. to like ask for my job back or something, <laughs> I would be so <laughs> embarrassed. So like, what was it about you that didn't have that issue? And what do you think like people can do to overcome that? Cause obviously like I did, but fear, I don't, yeah, fear. I did, like but I don't pride. know why. Um, um, well, if I had to be totally honest there, like I've talked to you last time in our last chat together, there's that faith base for me that I just felt like, oh, okay, Lord, is, is this my calling? Is this what you want me to do? Is this what's going to draw me closer to you? And, and, and a way to show Christ through my work, my profession. And I, I truly felt called to that. And so there was a peace there that cannot be provided through mentorship, worldly yeah. mentorship. It can't be provided through uh, instinctual guesses or watching trends. And I really wanted to be faithful to that. And so for me, because I have that spiritual component, the rest kind of just fell away. And I was just obeying at that point. Okay, you want this for me? I'm going to do it. And I don't care how it turns out. You make of it what you will. Yeah. So I think that's how I cleared the path for myself. Everyone has to do it in their own way. Yeah, I love it. I think that's unbreakable. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think that's like, a lot of times I try to tell people as well, like I think regret is more painful than failure. Mm -hmm. So if you never try, Mm -hmm. like if you have that calling in you and you don't just try, 
you'll regret it forever. But if you fail, it'll suck for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You get back on your feet and do mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. I, know, I definitely don't want to live with regret. I mean, I mean, who does? Yeah. Really mind blowing. I don't want to live with regret. No yeah. one does. But yeah, no, I just, just take it. I don't, I don't know what to say about that. I'm glad I, I'm glad I went for it. There's also been things that didn't work. I feel like people focus on where I'm at right now, but they forget like of all my other kind of dumb ideas I've had that just kind of like fell off because, you know, you're just like, okay, do not look that over there. Look, (laughs) look over here. And, um, so I think that you're always just trying. My husband always says like your trajectory is never like this, right? You don't just go straight up. It's, it's like this, as long as you continue to move forward with those bumps and those lumps, then you're still moving forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you, when you, decided to just go after it and you started pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Did you anticipate, like, did you have any plans of franchise or, cause you're not a franchise right now, but like, did you have plans of multiple gyms or like eventually I want to do a franchise or anything, or it was just like, I just want to do like, you're just more in the moment, focus on one thing yeah. and then wait till that works so well that you can do it again kind of thing. And I, I guess like, I, I want people, there's just, I just know that you have so much value to give people on getting started and getting ahead and continuing. And I see, I'm a very introspective person. So I watch and kind of like try to really pick apart what mm-hmm. I think you're doing well and what has led to that success. And it's obviously just right. hypothetical in my head for the most part outside of our conversations. But right. um, so people, so you can explain, so people can really take mm-hmm. from it and do something with it. So when I started V, again, I don't know why I was personally like this, but I was like, oh, pick, I just picked random goals. Like I picked, okay. I'd like, I wrote them down too. I'd like this many gyms in one year, this many gyms in three years, this many gyms in five years and this many gyms in 10 years. And a lot of those models are out there, like goal setting and whatnot. And I didn't look too heavily into them, but I did like, like a time frame one. And with those goals were things like have a house, have kids. Like I incorporated all those with my professional goals, especially as a woman, I think, you know, there's a time frame to cer- certain goals like that. So um, I I have actually, I'm quite behind if I tell you this goal. I'm actually failing quite a bit, but I, I wanted 30 gyms by 10 years. And uh, I'm not, I'm seven at seven years. So I'm quite behind if I'm going to continue with privately owning all my own gyms. I'm very right. behind. Um, Do you think there's value in that though? Like setting, you know, what they say, like shoot for the stars. Yeah, and reach yeah, the yeah, like yeah. Like, Yes, you're right. Or vice versa. Uh, yeah, something I'm following. Yeah. <laughs> I'm following. Uh, I think so. I think that I might personally feel a little behind, but then I have people that are sound that are like, no, you're you're fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're doing good. Like, don't think you're behind. Don't say that in public or on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, I I'm I think but I think that actually everyone feels kind of like that, especially yeah. in your 30s and stuff or 20s. You're always kind of feel like, oh, am I where I should be? Mm-hmm. Like there's always that like big question mark in the air. And uh, I guess the whole point of those goal setting wo- though was I did believe in it. I did think it could grow. I didn't know how fast it could grow or how it could grow, but it showed mo- mobility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, have you ever heard of the hedonic? I think it's the hedonic treadmill. I just heard of this and I fucking loved it, (laughs) but it's just kind of like a perfect like scenario for it. So hedonic treadmill. Yeah. And so the idea behind it, how he was explaining it was if you as an entrepreneur are chasing, if you, if you value, uh, like there's that saying the person that, uh, loves walking will go further than the person that just loves the destination. Yeah. The process. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So if you only focus on the outcome, 
you kind of shoot yourself in the foot here because, and mm. the reason I want to bring this up with you is because I'm mm. assuming it wasn't like year one, gym one, year two, gym two. Like it wasn't linear. It was mm. like, like you said, like three or four gyms, year one. And then you probably maybe had a, a one, two year gap and then maybe a couple more or whatever. It's like mm -hmm. that jagged increase yeah. of success. But the hedonic treadmill basically states that if you value the wins too much, you basically you get really down on yourself and it becomes harder to be successful because maybe you mm -hmm. had like an mm -hmm. insane first year. Assuming what you're doing is so hard, you can't possibly win every time. Well, yes and no, like more, more along the lines of like, so for example, if your yeah. first year of business was so great and year two and three was successful amongst what success is, mm -hmm. but it wasn't as good as year one, mm -hmm. you feel like you're a failure. Mm -hmm. And then that starts to bleed into a consistent matter of you not reaching full potential because right. you always measure up to what your greatest thing was. Right. And we talk about this with people's bodies all the time. Like mm -hmm. if you don't lose a pound every single week or like right. maybe somebody does a they photo shoot or, or they start yeah. going off their habits. We see that with bikini that. competitions all the time. People do bikini competition and that's just a stage moment. And then for the rest of their life, they compare themselves to that yeah. single moment, which yeah. is not meant to be sustainable. Like I was so in shape then and they're like quite in shape, but you're like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. yeah. So, um, you kind of screw your own average success mm -hmm. or something like that. So, mm -hmm. but, um, it's relative to what you're saying to me. Cause I'm like, it, it seems like you don't have that problem. Like you're very grateful and present in the process. And I can't speak for you, but mm -hmm. like, maybe you, like you always feel successful or you always recognize, mm -hmm. like I am successful. I am aware mm -hmm. that like I am doing well, I'm going to have some really big highs and, and there's going to be some lower points of that, but it doesn't like, mm -hmm. I'm not defined by my one biggest right. win, if that makes sense. I think you have to like, so I don't always feel successful. That's for sure. But then that's when you have people speak into your life and support you and, and remind you that you're doing okay. You know? Um, also I think that I'm, I'm a realist in the sense that I just figure life's hard. So buckle up, you know, you're going to have some losses and, you're going to have to figure it out. So I think you come in with realistic expectations and you have that strong support system along the way, then I, I think you're going to, you're going to be all right. I know it seems simple, yeah, but I think that's a way to cope with the failures that will inevitably come. Uh, so I, that's just my two personal pieces that have helped. I think we talked about how you just have to manage your emotions too. And I, I thankfully do love the process. I love what I get to do on a daily basis. I was actually just talking to some of my girlfriends. We went on a trip and we were all moms and we're all working moms. One's a PT, one's, uh, you know, in music and then, and then what I do. And I like even felt guilty admitting to them, like, I really love my job. Like, I don't just love being a mom. I love being a mom, but I love working. That's weird to say. I don't feel like a lot of people get to say that. Like, I love yeah. working. I look forward to waking up early and checking my inbox. That's weird. That's mm -hmm. different. But I feel like just having that altruistic, natural love for what you do also is a huge benefit to those losses. So do you have any daily practices that like, uh, I don't want to say remind you of that. Cause obviously if you wake up and start working, you're going to be instantly mm -hmm. reminded that you love your job. Cause I can relate right. to that completely. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you have daily things that you do to practice gratitude to mm -hmm. stay on top of that so that you're always, cause I got to imagine in any business owner's life, shit hits a fan or yeah. there's a fire to put out. How do you keep your cool and like maintain that yeah. positive attitude to continue putting out fires and working and being productive instead of letting one thing crumble right. all right. your progress or your productivity? Well, two things I do to keep it is like a strong mind for me. And again, I only give what I do, but mm -hmm. everyone can find their own thing. But yeah, I wake up every morning 
around 5.30, 5.40, and I instantly read my Bible. I set that time. I don't check the email right away. I um, don't check Instagram or text, and I just really devote like 30 minutes of reading to um, seeking that that word and that spirit-led information. So I, I do that, and then I kind of get into the work mode. And then another thing is I work out like probably five to six days a week. And a lot of those are at V, and some of those are like hill sprints or something a little bit more recreational. But I think if you have like a practice that involves a spiritual practice or something involving reading, just seeking something greater than yourself. And then also, you know, physically exercising those two things would be, I would highly recommend to anyone. I love it. I actually, um, we get asked all the time of like uh, my morning routine, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And the longer I've been doing this stuff, the more simplified it's gotten. Yeah. I know when I first got into like, that whole space, I got really articulate with like the way every single five minutes was of my morning mm. and how I'm meditating <laughs> yeah. and journaling and all this stuff. Now I'm like, I kind of go off and feel in the kid. morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Touche. Yeah. But similar, like I wake up at 530. I have my coffee. Mm-hmm. I sometimes I read. Sometimes I journal first. Sometimes I get right to work. Like it really depends on the flow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that because I think sometimes people overcomplicate it. Yeah. No, just and sometimes it I feel like we just connected with the morning routine, but some people like can't for whatever reason. And a lot of creatives too stay up super late. Mm-hmm. That's like when they get yeah. on fire. So again, just find a, a routine that works with you. I feel like parents kind of have to do the morning thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause kids will rage all night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like They won't get up early. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, it's, I always tell people like, it's actually just a daily routine. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to get up that early, do it at your lunch break. Yeah. As long as you're doing these things every day, that's what matters most. Totally. And like I get said, caught up in the time frame versus the actual, like, 100%. are you committed to this? Yeah, yeah. 100%. And, and like you said, it changed all the time. Like, my uh, last night was one of those night terror nights. So, like, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. at, like, one in the morning, like, like all the lights turning on and, like, trying to wake up my daughter as she was dreaming about something she couldn't find. Of you know, course. just random. Yep. Mm-hmm. You never know what they're actually having <laughs> nightmares about. Yeah. Um, like, but, Life's good. What could it be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, so one of the things I really wanted to intersect into this is, speaking of kids, the family life. Because you opened, over the course of time, seven gyms, and now you have three children. So you opened, was it three or is it two? You said you opened one and two more um, with the first kid. So it's funny. I always grew my family and gym at the same time, but I opened three by the time, well, I had one open, right? Right. And then Callie was born, and then I opened three and four within her first four months of life. Okay. And then I opened number four when I had my second child and then during his lifespan. And then I opened um, six and seven when I had my third. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming because you have a badass team, you probably relied a bit on them to help with some of this. But how like, I mean, advice on managing all this, like how do you continue to seek growth and, and keep doing more while also devoting Mm -hmm. enough time to the kids. Cause I think that it's obviously possible. You're living proof of it. Um, I like to think I am, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people who going back to like, uh, you know, why not just start or just try to start a business, try to chase your dreams. That's a big Mm -hmm. driving factor of why people don't is because they assume Mm -hmm. that they just can't because they have kids or because they have a family. Mm -hmm. Well, I won't lie. It's hard. As you know, Mm -hmm. it's very, very hard. And I was actually kind of thinking about this because you're not the first one with Mother's Day around the corner. Mm-hmm. So what is it, April 23rd right now? So mm-hmm. Mother's Day coming up in May. Uh, we we definitely, you know, people have been asking me to talk about like, oh, how do you balance mother and work life? It's like so popular. And 
I, it's almost a, a little bit of a depressing answer. <laughs> so to be real. So one, I think you have to know that sacrifice is involved. Ouch. Like it's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I cannot relate to Netflix and chill. Don't have Netflix. I, when you ask me, have you seen the show? The answer will always be no, because I don't have one to two hours in the day to mm-hmm. do that. Um, and I don't also have the largest social life. I have close knit friends and family, very close who know who I am in my heart and everything and, and great colleagues too. I'm blessed in that way. So I feel much more full, but, um, I have to say no to quite a few things. So that's also part of it because if I say yes to things, I think, oh, I'm taking away from my daughter and my sons, or I'm taking away from my employees and, or our mission or our values there, whatever it may be. But I say a lot of more no's than probably the average person. And lastly, I think going back to that friend group, I think it's important to surround yourself with gracious and ambitious people because, for example, like my girls, like if I say, hey, I'm sorry, guys, I've been pretty absentee. I feel bad. No, I love you. And they're like, no, you're good. We get it. We're up next. And so I have all that security in my relationships because these people get it and they're not going to hold that against me. So that takes a ton of stress off, you know, to be able to pursue things or run my life in a way that that helps. But I also have the blessing of um, parental support. Like my mom helps me a ton and that's not something everyone has. So it's really not a fair answer to be like, do this and that because you might not have family support. Um, But that's, I'd have to be honest, that's a way in which makes my world go around is I have a very supportive husband who also works full time for Intel. So he's not related to V. Um, He does help us a lot, but he has a a professional commitment there. So, but he's very willing to like work at night so I could have that like weird afternoon time for something. And we just juggle. We're Mm -hmm. just very supportive of one another. So I think between know you have to sacrifice know that um, you're going to have to say more no's than you would like, and then be sure to surround yourself with supportive, ambitious, and gracious people. I think that combination of some kind will allow you to pursue motherhood and a professional career at once and still be engaged in both, not be completely removed from one or the other. That's very difficult. I feel like I feel so bad for moms when they have to actually make that choice. Like they're, whether it be a single mom or, someone that doesn't have as much support and relationships around her that they like have to pick one or the other and both will have a pretty severe consequence, whether it be they hurt and miss their child or, or that they, um, are broke. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm that's, lucky in that way. That's, uh, I'm glad that you put it that way. Cause I think being real and transparent is mm-hmm. the best way we haven't talked a lot about this, but I just recently started talking more about it just cause I've gotten the question more. And I think it hit me, um, and I'd be curious of your thoughts or like if this ever happened with you. Um, I've always had, uh, we had a very tight-knit group of guys since I was like in first grade. Yeah, cool. I think I'm the only entrepreneur that has like a lifestyle like this, and they've obviously seen- children or family? Yeah, well, and owning a business Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, so they've, they've watched it happen and they've all supported it tremendously. So they like, even though they're not in it, they get it. And and a few of them have kids now and stuff too. But, um, there was a point in time where like it really like ate at me because I felt like I was being a bad friend or I was super guilty because I wasn't there. I couldn't meet up or I couldn't do something. And like, thank God for my wife. Cause she was the one that would always try to tell me and remind me like, 
that's just part of this, you know, Mm -hmm. the life you chose, the life we're choosing, growing into it, getting older, like, um, and now I'm at peace with it. Mm -hmm. It kind of hit me hard again this year because, uh, coincidentally, like four of them got married in the same year (laughs) Yeah, and they all have weddings and bachelor parties. And I'm like, but it was the same thing. I literally was like, man, I really want to go a couple of the bachelor party, like place I really wanted to visit because I've never been Mm -hmm. one of them being like Nashville. And I was like, I've always wanted to go there, but like me and my wife had to sit down because her friend's getting married too. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, like I can't be selfish and those social engagements. Yeah. Expect Mm -hmm. to continue helping the team grow and help all these people while also being there for my daughter and being out of town Mm -hmm. six times in the next Mm -hmm. six months, like on top Mm -hmm. of work stuff. Like I told you, I'm traveling to New York for a seminar and stuff. So we just, I just had to make the sacrifice. Like I'll go to weddings, not batch parties. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. So, um, did you ever go through that guilt? Did you like have to overcome that or was it an easy decision for you to make? Well, I still do. I mean, it's just like the, the older you get, it doesn't disappear. It just, like you said, now you're getting wedding invites and then it will be kid stuff and yeah. you know, it just, it just evolves as you, as you age, but no, absolutely. And I, I've just, I'm just at peace at it. I try to be fully present with who I'm with at that time. So if I'm at a baby shower or if I'm at, you know, if I'm teaching a class, which I still do a couple to a few days a week or whatever it may be, I just try to give that person my full attention so that they know when I leave them that they'll remember the way they felt in that moment. I, I think that a lot with leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners, goodness, any, any position that has an effect on someone's life, you have to be very sensitive to that they are going to remember how they felt with you, whether they were accepted or not, whether they were felt good or bad. And so I just really try to make a really strong, positive impression when I do have them in front of me. So even if we do have to go two weeks without seeing them or a month without seeing that person, that that will linger, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, I just encourage everyone to be gracious with everyone. Like, people are busy. Yeah. You're not the center of their lives. You might not even be second or third. I mean, and just just to be kind with that and just know that doesn't mean I don't care about you or the other person that just means they're busy and hopefully you can connect and keep pursuing them if there's someone that's important to you and that's that's what I do and that's what I hope people would do for me when you probably couldn't have you couldn't be present with those people you couldn't be the mom you need to be the wife you need to be or the business owner you need to be if you didn't take some time to just you right Mm -hmm. because if you finally have a little bit of time Mm -hmm. and you give it to other people because you feel guilty and that's robbing you of space that you need to maybe like, even if that's like your mornings right. reading the Bible and working out and getting some activity, yeah. doing the things that make you your best you, yes. it just sets you back. Right. Right. No, I, I protect that time and I don't feel guilty about it. And, and honestly, it's, just, it's not like I'm like taking a leisure lunch break. I'm waking right. up with a four or five in front of it to even have that small routine. And mm-hmm. then the working out, I, I don't, my husband and I are both very supportive of exercise routines. So like, even on the weekends, Saturdays, you know, I'll, he'll be like, when are you working out? And then when am I working out? Because we have to, you know, exchange kids yeah. and make sure we're responsible parents. And so, um, yeah, I, I feel like I have people in my life that all need that and they get that. So we all kind of swarm together and yeah. protect each other's time and, and make it happen. It's so good, too, because there's so many little things, whether you realize or not, that are like actual um statements or quotes or, or things from very successful people over time. Like, uh, there's the famous Maya Angelou quote, which I'm sure, you know, uh, people will forget what you say, but they won't forget how yeah. you made them feel. Yeah. 
um, the part about like protecting your space and valuing that more than ever mm -hmm. saying no more mm -hmm. often is a very common thing among mm -hmm. successful people. They always say mm -hmm. the more successful you get, the more often you have to say no to things, right? right? The sacrifice piece, it's all very, very relevant. And I think it's super well known, but people don't ever take action on it. Mm -hmm. Cause I think it, you kind of have to go through it to start mm -hmm. realizing it. And even for the individuals of this podcast who aren't business owners or anything, I think yeah. of all, I mean, we've worked with so many women right. in our company uh, and there's so many times where we have to encourage them because they will always put themselves last. Right. And it's like, hey, like you got to put yourself first sometimes so right. that you can keep putting your right. kids first and your family first. If like you want to be your all for them, you also have to commit to doing stuff for yourself and removing that guilt of, you know, whatever it is. I can't speak on a mother's right. behalf because I'm not a mother, but I know the feeling of feeling guilty by giving yourself a little yeah, bit more time or sure. space or whatever you need to be your best self for, for sure. those you love. Oh yeah. No, I, one, because we both specialize in the fitness industry, you're a little heavier on nutrition, but definitely mm -hmm. into, um, you know, movement as well. I would say that like, you know how it is when you work out, I'm like, give me 50 minutes and I'll give you like three hours back. Because you're going to be a much more energized and sharp and efficient person after you exercise. And you could probably go more into the hormones and what's happening there. But you feel a lot better. You're a lot more awake. You're a lot more engaging. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you're actually not wasting time if that's truly a concern. Also with mom guilt thing, it's like, I hope my kids see me exercise because I hope they exercise one day. I hope they prioritize in this in their lifestyle from a health point of view, mm -hmm. purely. And so I have to remember, okay, I'm setting an example. I'm a visual example for my children, how important it is to exercise. And then, I mean, yeah. And then also myself, I am better. Like you mentioned, I'm a better mom, better friend, better daughter, better sister when I'm incorporating that routine. How intentional are you about, um, cause obviously like, you know, when we talk about like, especially dieting, I think it's way more specific to that. Um, but you have to be very careful with what you say in front of your kids, uh, with right. dieting and fat loss or anything mm -hmm. like that. Right. And so that's something we get asked about a lot. And we're very, I know me and my wife are very specific with how we mm -hmm. say things or talk in front of our daughter. And, and I always, sometimes I, I like laugh at myself, but I will like intentionally like say things a certain way or intentionally like comment on physical activity in a certain way to get my daughter excited about it. Right. Like in social, like sometimes like flex at the dinner table because she's eating her vegetables or <laughs> Cute, whatever yeah. it may be, you know, like I want to point out being strong and being powerful and, yeah. and being able to run fast and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, do you intentionally do things in front of them to try to empower? And this could be, I yeah. mean, this is just general parenting advice. I actually, something I did recently that I've never done before was apologize for being a dick. I didn't say it like that <laughs> to my wife in front of my daughter. Cause I intentionally oh, yeah. said like, yeah, dad was being rude. Like Shannon, it's I'm sorry so for being rude. It's so good for them to you see know? you say sorry. Yeah. My goodness. That's something you definitely need to practice your whole life. And I actually say, and I say sorry to my kids often too. Mm. And they also need to learn to forgive. Also something they need to practice. So yeah. we're constantly rotating through that. And yes, I've said sorry to my husband times as well <laughs> so <laughs> i get it are you uh uh with the exercise specifically are you intentional about anything or do you just let it happen naturally and you just try to it's very keep natural, them around right if they're seeing that physical example they're seeing mommy and daddy make time for that mm -hmm. they um they are very aware of the athletics i take them to work not i'm not like when i'm coaching right that'd be inappropriate right. and professional but for our class setting specifically but 
uh, like off hours, you know, I'll take them and because I have to do something and they're just running around and they're hanging off the rings. I'm like, oh yeah, good ring rows, you know, or they're all, they know what a squat is. They know what a push up is. Uh, As I've gotten older, I've incorporated more kid workouts into the athletics, like Mother's Days or like Santa Claus comes in town and we bring them in and we do a workout always with the kids. It's not just a, a community space where there's, you know, snacks and stuff, which is great if you do that. But like we purposely incorporate exercise with the children as an activity. It's fun. And we make it fun. Like it'll be like one minute circuits that are quite easy. Right. And for them and one will be dancing and just going wild and crazy. And it's, it's goofy and it's fun and it's a way to keep them, you know, it's a good exposure to fitness and just to being healthy. It's so important. Mm -hmm. It's even like uh, when, when I stopped by and dropped off that book and I had my daughter with me, like just cool to be able to to like, exactly. Yeah. And then like her face lit up and she saw, she's like, what were they doing in there? And like kind of telling her what was going on what it was about. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just a very cool thing. You know, I think it's important. I think it's cool now that we've been in business seven years, I'm seeing like, like Jess and Suze Mm. and all these, um, women that were actually my age when I started the company. So Mm -hmm. they're like a step ahead of me in terms of kids ages. All their girls are turning 13, 12, 14, you know, and I'm, I have the littles and, but now they're working out with their moms at V. That's so crazy. That's, I just love seeing that multi-generational space. Mm-hmm. It's so rewarding. It makes me think, oh, this is this is something that could last because our daughters are now joining us. Versus like, you know, those brands where it's like, oh, my mom did that. And that, that was stuck with her and it didn't continue. My fear and my hope all in one is that V continues to be a place where it can be multi-generational, where mothers are working out with their daughters and grandmothers are working out with their granddaughters. And that consistent consistently stays there i love it mm-hmm. i want to uh, because i want to respect your time and i could probably just keep going on and on and on um, remember i'm focused yep you got my attention i know <laughs> i want to ask like a couple like rapid fire style sure. i mean you can take as long as you want to answer okay. them to be honest with you but um, i even have an answer yes so yeah let's try. We'll, we'll we'll do a few of those and then we'll kind of wrap it up with just encompassing it all because like for me my goal really is is whether you realize or not, because you're very humble, but your personality on the mic and in the podcast is what I value and what I want on here so much, which is also why you're like, okay, like, what do you want to talk about in the podcast? I'm like, you know, just whatever, like <laughs> life and work. All yeah. right. Oh, yeah. We'll cool, do it. Super just turn on precise. the mic and we'll start going yeah. <laughs> because it, it really does. Like I can just throw out a couple lobs and you'll be able to really just tell your story, you know, and like, um, it's, very, very powerful to be able to do that. Like my grandpa used to always say, if, if you, um, if you never tell a lie, you never have a story to remember, which right. is the, you don't greatest. have to have a good memory. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't really have to have set in stone topics. Cause I'm just going to mm-hmm. allow you to just kind of unravel how you got where you are mm-hmm. today. And I think people are going to get so much out of that, which is why I love this. Um, the, the, hopefully people did take away little nuggets of like, I'm again, I'm a very introspective person. So a lot of times mm-hmm. when I listen, I'm listening to mm-hmm. how you went about things, not necessarily what you did. Mm-hmm. And I think the way you say things, the way your experiences went, the way you approach things, take risks, don't take risks, like mm-hmm. treat people. That's like the gold in, in your success, in my opinion, and what your story is, uh, why your story is so valuable. Thank you. But a few things I would love to ask specifically to see if you do have actual answers on it, which okay. I know for me personally, like I actually got this first question asked to me personally and I think a lot of it happened naturally for me and I gave advice on it, but I also 
didn't think about this before I did it. It just happened. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, that's what made tailored a strong brand. Mm. It wasn't like, I'm going to create this brand. Yeah. Do this you thing. didn't know, but you can recall it and be like, oh, that's a repetitive something I should repeat exactly. or pass on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the question specifically was three things, but it can be one, it can sure. be a few, it's up to you. Um, to build a strong brand. Like if somebody wants to create their own brand, their own V, you know, mm -hmm. their own tailored, like mm -hmm. what do you think are the, the most important things that allow a brand to be strong? Sure. And I, when, with that specific question, I think because I don't want to ever act like I want to stay in my lane and I don't want to act like I'm an expert in all fields. So with that specific question, I'm going to focus on if you want to start a fitness brand. And I would say one, be prepared to grind. You know, don't think day one you should be hiring a ton of people. Like, make sure you learn your business in and out. Mm -hmm. So you're mopping it, you're training it, you're reconnecting with your members, you're sending those emails, and you're answering the phone. It should be your cell phone on the business website. Mm -hmm. Like, really connect on all levels so that way you can understand the people that come into those roles. You can understand what they're going through, their problems, their success. Uh, you can not be clueless or insecure about a space in your business. I would definitely um, highly recommend that. I would recommend uh, kind of that, you know, staying humble, uh, keeping keeping humility there. Um, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. And so I would say don't, I'm trying to think how to say it, just be mindful of sometimes just working hard, showing up, being kind, just like you mentioned, all those basics are going to be enough every single day. Mm -hmm. And um, so don't like, like we've kind of talked about, get get disappointed if you don't hit certain things. Um, I do think that if you do those basics well, you're probably going to have success. So yeah, I'd say just get highly involved, know the ins and outs, keep that humble, just basics there. And I would recommend that for everyone um, who's trying to establish a fitness brand. What do you think is the the biggest thing or things that is like the glue of your community? Because I do think one thing you didn't mention about building a strong brand mm -hmm. that I think it's probably universal even outside of the industry. I wouldn't know either because I'm not really. But it's funny because the way I answered the question, I was like, I'm not going to speak on apparel because I just started that. I don't. Yeah, I couldn't tell you, but <laughs> right. I can talk on fitness. Mm -hmm. But um, you have a very, very strong community and there's got to be some like clues left along the way that you see that you're like, OK, like. This is whether you meant to do it at first or not, you mm -hmm. keep doing it and it's keeping that community strong. And I right. think that is a big part of your brand. Uh, well, I think once you do grow a little bit bigger and you can expand, whether that be, you know, class, even offering more classes or physical locations, expansion comes in a lot of different forms. I would say make sure you hire people that value what you value. So I have very specific values. I think it's 21 of them at V Athletics, and it's part of our VU training as well as mission statements, whatnot. And I'm just make sure I, I hire people that can carry on my heart because I'm not enough. I'm only one person. I'm not omnipresent. I'm pretty limited. And so I think that if you hire people very similar to you who have similar values, that's going to continue to spread. And they're your new leaders, and then they'll spread to the members I think being very intentional about that culture too. Like, yes, we get great results from our programs. We get consistency. We get great community. People are getting better physical results. But I think what makes V unique is probably, like you said, the culture, the community, and the relationships formed within that gym are pretty unheard of on a lot of levels. And um, I think having leaders that promote those values just in and out. And 
I even tell my girls, like, you don't have that luxury of getting to do whatever you want anymore. Say it how you want on Instagram and to behave in certain ways. If you work here, you mm-hmm. have to give up that autonomy because now you represent us and you have to, it's like kind of part of being an employee. We go through orientation. If you're not comfortable with that at that point, then you want to respectfully part ways. But um, so, yeah, I think just really hiring good people and doing your best with that and evaluating them as they go too. you don't just say, okay, they were great day one. You constantly are checking in with them. Yeah. I think a big thing that I see with what you said too, is like being very transparent and clear about what that standard is Mm -hmm. at V and then like Mm -hmm. being a walking, living, breathing role model of that. Like you are that because if you expect it of others, you're going to be that yourself. Right. So it's, it's believable and people aren't going to disrespect it because you're not disrespecting it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, one of our values at V, especially, I would I would encourage this if you have a, a goal of having a very relational gym. You know, there's different models out there. Some will be like 24-7, and mm-hmm. you don't maybe even see one other person when you're in there. You know, there's those models. Ours is opposite of that. And I t- it's a value on there, and we train what this means. But like I say, if you gossip about an employee or a member, and I catch you doing it, and I have proof of it, you're done. It's a fireable offense, and you don't get a warning. And I, of course, if it's something that severe, we'll go into what does that mean? Like, okay, if I see someone doing something inappropriate, do I just keep that to myself and I have no voice? No, you, you talk to your superior, you talk to your lead, you talk to me. And then that's a solution oriented route. You don't just go and spread it horizontally with people. And then like the people who really should know are like clueless and it gets out of hand. Right. And, um, and I've learned that the hard way, how that's just really really bad for your culture so I had to like reel that in and create those systems and 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 whatnot so I would I would recommend too if you have a relational business that you set a standard for your colleagues employees whichever and make them pretty I mean I don't like to say the word harsh I think that has a negative connotation with it but clear very clear and it's a little bit like kind of you know makes them sit up gets their attention sits up straighter but the right kind of people will be like heck yeah I want to be of that yeah like that's a safe space that's a place that's like making extra effort to uh protect their culture yeah well if you're if you're being very clear and blunt or harsh with rules like that Mm -hmm. the if that is a red flag or like that causes somebody to be they're not interested in that i'm quite frankly it's kind of a weeding out process exactly like that's not the right person for that culture anyway um I love that. Okay. So last one would just be, and, and you kind of, uh, I'm assuming some of the sacrifice aspect is probably it. And I think that's good because I think people, I don't know, people who say they don't have enough time to do something. And I'm not talking about like, if you're, if you work and are a mom of three and you have a business and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you need to be able to train six days a week for two hours. You know what mm. I mean? Not like mm. outrageous stuff, right. but when somebody says they don't have time, I'm like, okay, do you watch Netflix? Do you go mm-hmm. to the movies? Do you go you out and drink? Out what can you cut out? To exactly. Make that time? So there's a lot of things. So I'm, I'm assuming you might say this cause you already did. And I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think it's important for people to hear, yeah. but like, what are the biggest things that you think, um, yeah. just in general parents uh who are also trying to strive yeah. for more work success or starting a business or anything like that really need to understand in order to be successful so and just in spirit of not being competitive what you said is true and i think everyone knows that like you don't have the time you make the time got it cool i think moving past that i would evaluate i'd get in the personal practice of evaluating am i saying i can't do this because i don't want mm-hmm. to or can I really not do it, right? I ask people like, well, what's your schedule like? Because they say I don't have time to work out. 
like I do these hours. I'm like, cool, like, would you want to take advantage of our 4, 5, or 6 a.m. or even our 6.30 or 7.30 p.m.? You know, I throw out those times that I've given what they just told me is available. Like, ah, oh, I, hate, I hate waking up early. Like, you start to get some of those quick instinctual answers from them. One, there's nothing po- po- wrong with not liking to wake up early. However, I would poke and prod at that mindset and see if there is some wiggle room on doing things you just don't want to do that you've just taken off the plate for yourself mm-hmm. and evaluating those. Cause people do get confused, right? It's like nutrition. Like I feel like when people like want fruit so bad, they probably just need a glass of water. And if they drink that first, they're going to be actually probably fine and not want the fruit anymore. I would say always get in the practice of recognizing like, what is this? Is this something I, I just don't want to do. Or I really can't do. Yeah. Really figure that out. Cause you lie to yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's a little like, again, harsh, but I think, but it, I've said it a million times, yeah. just so you know, so it's not too harsh for the <laughs> podcast, but like, I agree entirely. I think there's a lot of times where people say they can't do something and it, and it is like, and I yeah. always say to them, like, Hey, like if you don't want this mm-hmm. that bad, that's okay. Yeah. I'm never going to judge you for not wanting to do something, but don't say you want this so yeah. bad and then not be willing to do the small things that are required, right. like wake up early to get it done. And that's not for those extreme times. Like you mentioned your child screaming at 1am, mm-hmm. if the morning routine doesn't happen, you're not a failure. You have to like balance that out yeah. and be gentle with people and yourself too. But in terms of just like the average flows in your life, like, yeah, you do, you do have to like look at some of those mindsets and, and pick away at it and decide if you've confused or tricked yourself or not. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay. So I know you're not big on your own social media and stuff, but yeah. if you want to shout out that or V's or sure. anything like that, where can people find you, the gym, site, social media, anything you guys are putting out or excited about, you want people to check out anything like yeah, that. Totally. That'd be great. Thank you. Um, so we have seven locations, six in Washington, South Sound area, as well as one in the Chandler area in Arizona. And our V athletics is just plain. It's, um, that's our Instagram handle. Vathletics.com is the website, but we do have a promo going on for May. So if you sign up between April 25th and the 30th, it's a challenge. So if you buy the eight strength and you hit eight workouts in May, you get June for free. And that theme carries out throughout whatever package. And it's a really great way to get into V because you you get that momentum from a challenge the mm-hmm. first month and then you get the reward the second month. And hopefully you have some habits established prior to that. So perfect. we'd love to see you. Yeah, this is going to be Aaron at the beginning of May anyway. Cool. So this perfect. is yeah, perfect timing. So we'll link all that in the description of this podcast so you guys can go follow V, check out the website, do all that stuff. Um, if you're in either of those areas, I cannot recommend it enough. We yeah. obviously work with some of the people that go to V as well. And they are absolutely raving fans. They love it. Um, Travis's wife goes to V like, I mean, like it's, it's no joke. Go check it out. Um, thank you so much for your time. I know how valuable it is. I appreciate you coming out and thank you for having me jumping on again. Well, also we're, we're going to add that other, um, almost got me with the outro there. (laughs) Um, the other episode we did in the description of this podcast, so you guys can listen to part one as well because it was months ago now but yes, um, hopefully i was a little less nervous this time you didn't even so. look nervous last time too it went great so go check that out as well um thank you guys for listening we appreciate you we'll catch you next thank time you.